2: This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak.
3: And welcome to the Decibel Geek Podcast. We are your rock and roll samurai. I am Aaron Camaro, and this is Chris Sinzak.
1: What's going on? You already went there.
3: Oh, man, this is (laughs) going to be freaking awesome today. I was was skeptical at first, but, I mean, as you guys will see today as we go along, there's some really, really cool rock and metal coming out of Japan.
1: Yeah, you're going to... I mean, unless you're already a, an aficionado of Japanese metal, you're going to learn a lot of new stuff today. You're going to hear a lot of cool songs you've never heard before. And uh, some really interesting history on yeah. the whole metal movement of of Japan. And uh, our guest, is, who's a Rock and Pod donor, Kevin Williams, he's also a VIP on our Patreon. Yeah. Go to patreon.com slash Geek And, and up a great line. friend. And a great friend of ours. We hung out with him all weekend in Atlanta when we met yeah. Vinny Vincent in January. And, uh, he, yeah, he came up here from Atlanta and he came equipped with a lot of information and a lot of great music. And And we
3: pride ourselves on being entertaining and educational. We're going to be extra educational today.
1: Yeah. It's basically covering what's a version of Japanese metal called visual K Yeah, and it's pretty interesting stuff.
3: You're going to learn a lot, but before we get into all that we got to take care of some business, and you know what I mean. The only way I like to start the show, sweet-ass five-star reviews from iTunes and Facebook. So let's go ahead and take a look at what we got here. Let's start with iTunes. Uh, let's see. Uh, what? We don't have any iTunes reviews?
1: No, somebody left one. His name was None. None? Yeah.
3: Well, that's a crappy one. I don't like that. I hope we got one on Facebook. Thank goodness for Facebook. Yes, we got one on Facebook. Look at there. Five stars. That's what I like to see. Comes to us from Ray Kuhn and goes a little something like this. I'm a new fan of your podcast. I listen to Eddie Trunk on Thursdays and CMS here and there. Was looking for something else to listen to with the topics of rock and metal and came across your podcast and started listening to older episodes. I really dig the content. You guys are two down-to-earth cats that dig rock music and get some interesting guests on the show, plus great commentary. I also hear new rock bands nobody's heard of. I'm actually the front man for Dawn of the Rising out of Arizona. We are a brand new hard rock band flying the flag of hard rock and can totally appreciate what you all are doing over there. Keep up the killer work, gentlemen. Proceed. I like it. That's awesome. Dawn of the Rising out of Arizona. Got to check that out.
1: And hats off to you, Ray, because you figured out a good trick. Kiss our ass Uh enough and we'll talk about your band. They got to be good, right? Well, if they like our show. I mean,
3: clearly, if your band members like the Decimal Geek podcast, I think that must be kind of a given that this is going to be a great band, right? (laughs) I mean, it makes sense to I'm
1: going to check out Dawn of the Rising and see what I think. I'm going to check out Dawn of the Rising, too. Maybe it'll be time for a... uh, Fresh Blood episode, maybe. It's been We're a while. I definitely do, and there's been a lot of great new
3: bands that I've discovered since then, Me so I, I think I'm ready for a Fresh Blood episode. Awesome. But today, I'm ready to learn about Japanese rock, but last week, man, I had so much fun. I've got five more Wasp songs if we got time for that, too. Yeah, what do you got? Well, I was going to say, let's do a whole other Wasp episode.
1: Well, not right now.
3: Uh, well, I could right now because oh, I I've could, changed yeah. all my picks because i got all new favorites again.
1: And I want to give a uh, shout-out to Adam Cox, who runs the Facebook page. He He had a great idea where he... He took like you know, and you got, and we asked for a response on the episode last week. Like, give us your top five, yeah. and you guys came through. Yeah, it was you a, did a
3: lot of interesting picks. I really enjoyed reading those. Some of those mirrored ours, and some of them were way different. Yeah,
1: and I didn't get as much hate for Hold On to My Heart as I expected. No, you can't. Got a lot I of mean, love for that.
3: Really, yeah, because I mean, think about it. Like, oh man, don't play the Wasp Ballad, you know, don't play one of those songs. <laughs> but then you play it, and it's like, you know what? You can't deny that it's not a kick-ass, awesome song, even though it's a ballad. I think that's one
1: of the lost gems of the '80s. It's um, a good one for or sure. Maybe '90s, I guess. Um, but yeah, so Adam took like all those picks and he did a Spotify playlist. On oh, nice! It. So it's like called the Best of Wasp. And oh, it's, right on! It's a huge, long list of really awesome Wasp songs. So Adam and Adam Cox. You, I like when he does that. I, I got you know We don't give him a shout out enough, but he works his butt off on that Facebook page and yeah. does a fantastic job. And he's also been assisting me with Rock and Pod stuff on the website. Oh, speaking of Facebook, man,
3: we're only like a thousand and five likes away from seven thousand. Oh, really? Yeah, only about a thousand and five to go before we hit seven thousand likes on Facebook. I'm so excited! All right, please help us. If you do not like the Facebook page yet. Become one of the 1,005. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. That put us over the top for 7,000. I like it. I like it too. I'd even settle for 6,000. Be one of the five. Yeah. And they're all real. They're real. They're every single one of them.
1: All right. So Geeks of the Week. That's these, why
3: we love them so much. Yeah. Just and, like our Geeks of the Week.
1: Um, Geeks of the Week. These are the people that shared on Facebook, retweeted on Twitter last week's Top 5 Wasp Songs episode.
3: These are Wasp fans for sure.
1: Geeks of the Week this week are Scott Smith, Matt Ashcraft, Tom Cullen, Joe Royland, Sit and spin with Joe, Daryl, Lou Mike Stewart, Brennan Barrier, Stacey Sullivan, Cool World, James Brennan Dunn, Shane Paisley, Neil Johnson, Mike Parnell, Growing Up Rock podcast. Joseph Capone, Mikel Burrell, Rodney Dixon, James McElhenney, Rob Harris, Aaron Baker, Greg McGlone, Derek Leba, David Glenn, Todd Cunningham. Happy birthday, by the way, Todd. Freeform Rock Podcast, Mark Alden-Taylor, Samuel Wetz, Andrew Jacobs, TJ Cullen, Reese Lett, Doug the Devil, 200th Podcast, Shadako Shakula, Christopher Stokes, Adam Cox, JJ Mack, Kurt Atkins, Billy Hardcore, Ernesto Aguiar, Twisted Kister, and of course... The, the Mooger Fuger. Fuger,
3: Yes, those are our people, our Geeks of the Week. You want to become a Geek of the Week? It's simple. All you got to do is get out there on the Facebook, get out on the Twitter, share it, retweet it. This week's episode of Japanese Metal, you're going to love it. I guarantee it. This is what you get when you get three guys in, hanging out, trying to figure out Japanese Metal. And I think together we can all learn something.
1: Are you ready? Let's do it.
3: Guess today I'm just feeling like we're gonna get schooled. Like this is gonna be a real education because I have no idea what's going on here.
1: That makes two of us. Yeah. But thankfully, one of the people in the room actually does have an idea what's going on. So Kevin Williams, former member of the Swear, mm-hmm. now member of Lights of Detroit,
0: Lights of Detroit
1: awesome. is. Uh, he's a DBG VIP first of all, and he's a rock and pod donor, and yes. he bought this episode. So if this episode sucks, he gets the blame. <laughs> It's Kevin, same, welcome to the show. It's the
0: same way I played the whiskey. We had to pay.
1: Okay, it's paid. Oh, okay. We played the whiskey. This, nice. This is pay to talk. So Kevin had a really interesting idea, and uh, this is something he's wanted to talk about for a while, and we've certainly never done anything like this. So we're going to talk about Japanese metal today.
0: So what we're going to do, what I what I hope we're going to do, is cover kind of a history of just metal in Japan. Yeah. And there's a bunch of different genres and. I mean, we couldn't even touch, I mean, you're talking 50 years yeah. of music, right? So we'll just barely scratch the surface, but and hopefully we'll, this is somewhat we'll, educational.
1: Yeah, and we'll break in with songs throughout. Yeah, yeah.
0: but I, I, I have to read a disclaimer that I wrote Okay. Uh, because, well, let me just read it. Here's my disclaimer.
1: We only save disclaimers for Vinnie Vincent episodes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I am not Japanese, I don't know how to speak Japanese, and I've never been to Japan. Okay. So how does that make me an expert on this? It doesn't. So I apologize in advance to any people that speak Japanese, or are Japanese. I will mispronounce things. I am naive about certain parts of Japanese culture. I only know what I've read and what I'm interested in. And I've been interested in Japanese culture since I was a, a kid watching what became anime. All
4: right.
0: Um, but what you're going to get is a Westerners, a an Americans take on – what i hear and what i like about japanese music so cool. this is not going to be a true history lesson this is going to be somebody who's done some research and hopefully i got some of it right
1: right on right. okay so the a giant disclaimer. faction of japanese listeners yeah <laughs> just, just it understand yeah, you, yeah. you may want you may not want to listen this week and, and, uh, and
3: but, the reason i say that so I, the rest of us this is a good translation to, in, a, in a way that maybe we can understand it a little better exactly because i i think what at least from what I'm
0: hearing, and and what I'll explain as we go through the different bands and the in the songs that I'm going to play is there's a lot of parallels. Even though I think in Japanese culture they would consider themselves unique with right. what they're doing, but I think there's a lot of parallels to Western music, and they've they've taken they've taken bits of of different genres and different things that they like about Western music and made it their own. Okay. And so if you know for Americans and Europeans that may not be familiar with it,
3: I think it's going to be eye opening. Cool. Ear opening right. maybe. Yeah. So in Japan did they have their own organic rock Form or is that something like we did our we our, did our big in Japan episode one time we talked about all the American mm-hmm. bands that are just absolutely massive over there that are the same bands that we love here you know like we and our listeners you know so right. is there did they take it from somewhere else or was there something organic that grew there so in my in my delving into this so what I
0: found is there's kind of two factions of, of fan base in Japan okay so there are people who are into Western music right. They go right. They went nuts for the Beatles. They went nuts for Kiss, right? And Aerosmith and every every other band that's gone to Japan and and all those bands. Mr. Big love playing exactly. All those bands love playing Japan. The the fans are are really into those groups. There's another faction of Japanese fans that are into Japanese uniquely Japanese music, Mm -hmm. which. You'll see some parallels again to what, what we listen to and what we hear, but it's uniquely Japanese. They sing in Japanese. They may throw in a few English words here or there, but it is considered Japanese music with Japanese sentiment, which we can't really understand because we're not Japanese. Right, but right. it's like two factions of fans, and those people that are into that uniquely Japanese style of music don't really listen to the Western music. Yeah, I think you're seeing more crossover now, but… Mm-hmm. It's it's two different factions of people that listen to to music, either Western music or Japanese music.
3: Okay, awesome.
0: So, if you don't mind, I thought I'd kind of start with kind of the history of sure. of where yeah. it's coming from, yeah, and and I went back and tried to find some of these bands. and The the first band, which I think is really cool, the first band that was really uniquely heavy for Japanese metal, um, was a band in the sixties called the Flower Traveling Band. And uh, I got three of their albums that I was able to find through a torrent, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I didn't pay for it. But you know what I mean. And uh, so well, I gotta imagine it's gonna be kind of hard to actually find. It's gonna be hard like to find in this. a record store exactly. or even on Amazon. Exactly, I can totally justify it.
1: Yeah, there may not be any Amazon links this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, or, yeah, there or might some be. of the newer there bands. Yeah.
0: Amazon, you're gonna pay more, but there's other ways to get it. Yeah, got Amazon in Japan, don't they? They do. All right. there They you do. Go. And CD Japan is the other place to go for yeah, all of these things.
1: I bought stuff from them.
0: Um, which you've probably gotten, yeah, you probably oh, gotten yeah. imports mm-hmm. from them. Uh, but this band, the Flower Traveling Band, uh, they did the first known cover of Black Sabbath's Black Sabbath. Wow. And they did it in 1971. So only, you know, a year or two after it came out. And if you listen to it, I think their first two albums that they did was. Uh, a Japanese take on Western metal mm-hmm. sung in kind of broken English. You know, yeah. it's a little, it's a little bit funny, but apparently this band moved from Japan to Canada so that they could be a band. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they sang in English, but they were the first band, known band to cover Black Sabbath. And if you listen to the, I think they have three or four albums from that, that late sixties, early seventies period. They're actually pretty good. Yeah. You know? Actually pretty good.
4: But I
3: suppose everybody else in Japan's looking at them going, what the Fuck! Is are you doing? Well, what I couldn't find was if people in Japan actually listened to them. Yeah, right. because what I know is they're
0: from Japan. They moved to Canada, right? Or were they banished? So to I don't. Canada? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But <laughs> they didn't have a choice. They're noted as the first. But like I said, I was able to track down their their huh. recordings, and they're actually really good. Wow, cool. actually really good. The it's kind of like stoner metal. Man. Now I will say, if you find the the album that they do Black Sabbath on, it's one of the most disturbing covers I've ever seen. Yeah, because uh-huh. you got Japanese hippies. On Harley's, I guess, riding through Canada is what I'm thinking, and they're completely naked. Wow. So, yeah, it's not really the most pleasant album cover.
1: we are all like sushi. Mm. Uh, yeah. Um. There you go, yeah. exactly bad gonna, bad yeah, ethnic gonna joke gonna number jokes, one <laughs> keep, keep, keep account. or take a shot every time I make a bad joke
0: so that that's kind of late sixties early early seventies um, and then in the late seventies you 're actually getting bands uh, there's a band called Bow Wow, which I think a lot of people are yeah. probably familiar with. They changed their name in the eighties to bow Wow
3: okay right. B. Uh,
0: but in the in the late seventies they were called Bow Wow, and when Aerosmith and Kiss went over. For their first tours of Japan, that's the band that was opening. I do okay. remember Bow Wow. So yeah. they're they're pretty they're a pretty big band. There was a, another band called Forty Four Magnum, another band called Earthshaker. Hmm. Um, I, I'm only slightly familiar with them; they're a little harder to find. But Bow Wow, you can you can find those albums, and they're they're pretty good. It's in that same vein of. You can tell that it's a Japanese band trying to sound like Western music. They're trying to
3: sound Mm -hmm. like the bands that they're hearing out of England, the bands are hearing out of America. Did they sing in English? They sang in English. So then these bands that are singing in English, they must be looking at it at the time like there's no market here. Mm -hmm. And so we have to try to make it somewhere else. Right. And they did get coverage in the American rock magazines because that's where I remember seeing them. Yep. Exactly. And
0: until the 80s, that's when that whole thing switched. Mm -hmm. So in the 80s early 80s you guys remember loudness of course yeah. we're not gonna play any loudness because i feel like everybody kind of can find loud, of the right? that's you know, the it was, one you think of that's yeah. the one you think of and they're great yeah you know? I love the and loudness. um easy right sure. yeah easy house of a great. thousand pleasures yeah great those two albums that they were they released here in the states i think those are the only ones that they released uh, but those are great albums. But we're not going to play anything from that. Because they yeah. wore makeup, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. Big hair. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: Gene Simmons producer. Their, their first album. Their second right. album is really good, too. But again, these are these are bands that were yeah, – loudness is still around. Um, but these were bands that were still trying to sound Western. Yeah, right? right. They weren't unique to their country. They were trying to do what they were hearing from U.S. and from England and Europe. Mm-hmm. There was a female band called Shoya, which – this is something we'll get back to, but unlike other countries, there's a big thing for all-female groups. We had the Runaways, right? That's right. kind of yeah. all we had. <laughs>
1: yeah, hardly But are. in
0: Japan, man, there are a ton of all-female groups, and they rock. Mm. Yeah. And Shoya was kind of the first of those in the early 80s, and they're still around. Really, uh, and they they actually have a, a festival every year, and it's all female groups that play. Right on, and we'll get into that later. But there's a there's a trend going on right now, like traditional style power metal, mm-hmm. all girl groups, phenomenal. Really, we're gonna play a couple of
4: those.
1: All nice. right, nice. Cool. Good.
0: All right. Um. So you was around in the early '80s, and, and then Valvaw, I mentioned, they changed her name, and they they were putting out uh, albums in Europe and in in America. But then you had a true Japanese band and there were a bunch of them but specifically there were two that achieved huge success and one is called seikima two all right you probably haven't heard of them no all right if you and i know the listeners won't be able to see this but i got to show you they took what kiss did Uh and kiss ripped off japanese kabuki right Uh they took it back so I'm going to show that's you a very picture. Very
1: kiss inspired. So in a specifically, this guy looks like Eric He looks like Gene Simmons and Peter Chris in one. That's great. They wore kabuki
0: great. makeup.
1: What year are we talking for them? So
0: uh, that's awesome. I like yeah. that. So in the music section, is really this the good. '80s? This is the '80s. Okay. So this
3: is we need we our sure own kiss. Picture. Yes, yeah. right. So kiss. How comes, can we wait around all these years for Kiss to come back? We need our own kiss. So I can only think, Kiss comes in the '70s,
0: right? Yeah, and they go. They stole our shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they I they stole back. Kabuki. And Well, I think if,
1: that's why they got so big in Japan. Right. right.
0: Yeah. And if you remember the first couple of Kiss albums, remember how you retitled them? Mm. It was – they all had hell in the title. Did you know this? Oh, for the, the Japanese versions? The Japanese yeah, yeah, versions yeah, yeah. all had hell in the title. Huh. Right. So Hotter Than Hell, obviously, it was Hotter yeah. Than Hell. But all the, all the first, I think, five Kiss albums had hell in the title for like, some reason. Dress Dressed to Kill in Hell? S- something like that. I don't remember what it they was. They were like
1: – yeah, they were like loosely translated Loosely names, translated, but they, always but they always had, had hell. Had hell. Yeah, Rock and roll that. over.
0: In hell. In hell. Exactly. <laughs> so this band, Seikima, took that template. Yeah. They took the Kabuki back. Uh-huh. They put on the makeup, and then they created their own band who they were all demons. Okay. So they took the Gene Simmons idea. Yeah. You know, like, the character. Were they good? They are really good. I'll have to and check in that fact, out. I believe you're gonna play them at the front of this episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> that
1: tells you how prepared I am. <laughs> I'm we very intrigued right now. Yeah.
0: So they're they're really good, but the the parallels with KISS is is kind of mm-hmm. almost over the top.
1: I like that though. But
0: it's cool because yeah, they, mean, didn't, they, they, they didn't get exposure. Like members. They didn't get exposure anywhere else. They were unique. But these were Japanese. probably right. little kids
1: that were at the Budokan shows in the late 70s and were like we should start a band. Yeah. They're still around. That's oh, awesome. Nice. And they
0: have they have a ton ton of characters. Unlike Kiss, they didn't keep the same makeup. They kept I was just going to ask. Yeah, yep. good. That's not a dig. That's just a fact. Um, cool. Yeah, so they actually their debut album 1985 was the highest charting heavy metal release ever. At the time So they were the band That broke through mm-hmm. This style of heavy music Into the Oricon charts Oricon charts Is like our billboard Right It's, yeah. it's Japanese charts it's their version the Oricon charts
3: Right that's, So they were the first That's the only one. one That recognizes Enough's enough
4: <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> yes
0: Well that's cool That's cool so anyway, I'm not. We're not going to play a full song of them. I think they're
3: going to be at the the, the intro, intro of this. Song. So okay, yeah, what you guys definitely need to look out, look up this band Sakima Two. It's yeah. it'll be in the what, notes, what is right? Sakima? What does it mean? Like, the number two or. You got me, man. Okay. <laughs> I, I believe you could uh, look to the disclaimer on that one. Yeah. <laughs> you could actually find them on Amazon. So. We should look them up and at least check out their
0: pictures. They're yeah. so The cute. pictures it's, are like, really it's, cool. It's really awesome. And, and and let me just say for all of these bands, because uh, the Japanese, again, they took, when Kiss came, when the Beatles came to Japan, they took that to heart with uh, their very visual society. Sure. So they, they took... The visual aspect, they made it that as much importance as the music. Right. Yeah. So the music's great, but every single one of these bands have a, has a it's visual a show. Yeah. aspect to them. It's not guys in, in t-shirts and jeans. Right. You know? So definitely when we're talking about the bands, go on Google and, and look at what they look like. So the other big, the, the real game changer came in 1980, let me get this right. Around 1987 88 with X Japan. All right. Can I cut you off real fast? Absolutely.
1: You have part of your notes here that I want to make sure we get in because it's, this is pretty interesting. About Sekema too.
0: Oh, yes, you you know, you probably want to bring this up. Well
1: they they they've sold over ten million albums to date. Oh, wow. So and also the guitarist was also in the band Cats and Boots. So
0: he oh, quit, yeah, quit right. Sekima okay, 2. Yeah. He moved to LA and he formed Cats and Boots. Oh nice. Isn't that cool?
3: That dude shreds. Yeah. He's awesome.
0: So sorry, I forgot about that. That is cool. I love that band.
4: hmm
0: I actually have that on cassette. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> from back in the day. Check it out,
1: right yeah, over we've there. Yeah, we got the long box. The there. Long you go, box. right. There. Well, if
0: you, yeah, if you look at, yeah, that, he's on see, there. Yeah, Yeah, so that's so nice. You'll know that you'll like Sakima. Then that's I can cool. tell by looking at him that I was gonna. Yeah,
1: like I love the yeah. photos. That's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, so then we get into X Japan, and this were, is the
1: one band I'm super familiar <clears throat> with.
0: And this is the band that broke the mold, and I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with the movie that came out yes. a year or two ago called We Are X. Um, which won all sorts of awards and is really good good watching if you don't like the music. It's amazing. But they were the band that was really considered uniquely Japanese. They broke the mold in, in that they weren't trying to be a Western band. They took a lot of the aspects of what was going on at the time with Thrash, uh, with Glam, Hide, who was the, the rhythm guitarist, he was uh, largely influenced by Kiss and Ace mm-hmm. Um So they took all of that But they made something that was uniquely Japanese. And that turned into a a genre, a unique genre just to Japan called Visual K, And it's spelled K-E-I, but it's pronounced K. All right. Um, And the meaning of that is visual style or visual system. Um, And it was taken from ex-Japan's own slogan, which was about visual shock. It was called Psychedelic Violence Crime of Visual Shock. And that's where Visual K comes from.
3: I can see this all goes back to, like you said, Kiss at the Budokan. Yeah. I mean, it's
0: all starts there, doesn't it? it? You know, when I started digging into these bands, they all mention Kiss. Yeah, Kiss is kind um, of the common
1: denominator. It's the common, yeah.
0: common one. Now, not from a...
3: Not so much the the musical
0: stuff. Not style.
1: not really with music, but image wise but the yeah, image for sure. They
3: took that to heart. Where yeah. it's so important. And, you know, and just I think, as it was with KISS. You yeah. know, it was equal, the music and the, the image and the concert and the you know, the things that come along with KISS. It's not they just almost, a band.
1: You you know, in looking at this list and you know, the images of these bands, it's like they're almost you almost wonder if KISS had more of an impact in Japan than they did in America. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean I wonder if you know, not not being Japanese, but I wonder if, you know, in nineteen seventy seven when when a Japanese person sees KISS and they go, They took our kabuki theme mm-hmm. and they made it into this pop metal thing. This yeah. you know, they took it to a different level of mm-hmm. where we it's a traditional Japanese thing and they took it to this new, whole new level. We need to take this
3: back and we yeah. can do something with this. This is our you know, this is our. I suppose because being culture. American, you see it, and there's nothing to compare it to. Yeah. You know, you kiss the first time you see it, you're just blown away because you've never seen nothing like it. In Japan, you're blown away, but you have seen something like it,
0: right. yeah, and Kabuka's it's something that you've probably yours. seen it on
3: your grandmother's, ch- you know,
0: in, mm-hmm. in pictures Face, in your yeah. grandmother's house or yeah. something. You know? Face
1: paint was pretty commonplace. <clears throat> yeah, but yeah, ex-Japan. I mean, like I know mostly what I learned through the movie. Yeah. Um, and I mean, and obviously my they first came on my radar with the kiss my ass tribute album with mm-hmm. Yoshiki did Yoshi? the the orchestral yeah. version of uh Black Diamond yeah which is epic yeah. huge yeah. and uh, and then i remember Gene and Paul like did some appearances with him or something or did mm. interviews with him Gene especially was very into what he and X were doing at the time and the, but then he felt they fell off my radar after that and then uh, when the we are X thing came out i was just flipping through hulu and i saw this documentary about X and i'm like I remember Yoshiki, I remember the Black Diamond thing, but I don't know, other than that, I don't know anything about them, and if you have Hulu or you have a way to watch the We Are X documentary, I highly recommend it. Even if you don't like their music, the the story alone is incredibly interesting. It's very depressing at times, but... uh,
0: Which is a common theme with their style of music in general.
1: Yeah, it's almost like, you know, with bands in America, yes, I know there's emotions involved, but these bands, like... They truly wear their emotions through yeah. their music, and especially X, because like like there's actual death involved with some yeah. of this stuff, and yeah. it ties into the music even.
0: And these guys are, you know. Call it what you will, but these guys are emo before emo was around. Very, yeah.
1: totally emo. <laughs> it's, it's but they're true emo. It's a real roller coaster to watch the story of this band, and this band was as big as the Beatles in Japan. Like yeah. they were, they would fucking pack the Tokyo Dome like multiple nights, and you can still do like eighty to a hundred thousand people a night
0: yeah, wow. in
1: this place, and they sold millions of albums.
0: Yep. And I uh, want to go into them a little bit more, but I think before we get into that i want to um, yeah. if you don't mind i want to talk wow. about visual k just a little you're bit you're driving the bus bud well i think it's important cuz they they created this genre and honest to god if you just do some research if you just go on google and type in visual k your head's going to spin as to how many bands there are how many bands there have been since the late 80s until now that call themselves visual k you've never heard of them you've right. never seen them probably other than maybe X Japan, right. maybe one or two others, but your head is going to spin because these guys, for the most part, it is guys. Um, but they took anime. So if anybody's familiar with anime, it's you know Japanese. We would call them cartoons, right. but it's you know it's a certain style kind of. of- of cartoon that's huge in Japan. They took anime. They took that whole cosplay thing. That's big in Japan where people dress up like characters. Right. So again, it goes to the visual and then manga, which Mm -hmm. is, um, huge in Japan. It's basically comic books, but it's, it's adult comic books. it covers every, every type of subject you can imagine, but they took all of that and they brought it to life. Yeah. So it's kind of a subculture, not just, musically, but visually. There's a a whole style to it. I I brought this book for you guys to look at. It's it's all about style. And these guys, they took, I mean, just the visual alone, they took what what I would say Poison and a lot of glam bands in L.A. from the late 80s were doing they took it to a whole different level. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they're these, still doing it.
3: These bands in this book are just amazing looking. It's like, I want to like these bands before I ever, ever even hear a note because they just all look so damn cool. Yeah, and they're, like, yeah. uh, they're dressed up like rock stars. Yeah. You know, they look like these guys look all look like legitimate rock stars like you want to put your rock star on another level bigger yeah, than do. what you are yeah. not wearing a, yep. a coca-cola docking or merrill wisconsin t-shirt
0: you know
4: <laughs> they want to you want to see them as rocking, something else up. you know right. yeah That's no right.
0: we don't not tonight no they take it to a, a whole different level than what any western band you can you can go to Any of the the British bands from the seventies that considered themselves glam, any of the eighties American bands that considered themselves glam, they took it to a different level. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about if anybody's seen anime, they again they bring it to life. So you've Mm -hmm. got these crazy hair colors, you've got makeup that is you know movie studio elaborate. We're not talking just a little eyeliner and no they right. almost look like guys. creatures these guys look like creatures right. or some of them look so damn pretty that they could be the most beautiful woman in the world it's crazy yeah. you know, yeah. you, like when you saw that first Poison album remember you're like, right, oh, these yeah. guys, or Who or these, these girls jerks? or mm. what is it these dudes they are take high. that to a whole different
3: level <laughs>
1: yeah um, they almost look like aliens like it's right. like yep. not even human it's
3: like they're all it's like a whole band made up of like late 80s Vinnie Vincents yep.
1: that's yeah. a good way of putting, that's putting a good it yeah
3: Um, But the other thing
0: is they they take it further because they incorporate uh, European style as well, which was never done in any glam scene that we're familiar with, right? So they take, uh, you know, 19th century Victorian or Franco gowns and wigs, and these guys are shredding maiden-like riffs, but they look like Marie Antoinette. Wow. (laughs) It's like the weirdest thing you've ever seen, but it's so awesome. One of the other things that vastly different than anything we're familiar with in Western culture is uh, the fans so they have these elaborate hand gesture I won't call it dancing because they're not dancing but right. they're doing all these hand gestures and they use usually props like glow sticks okay. kind of like you see at raves Right. but they have for every song for like X Japan, if you if you watch that movie, yeah. you'll see them all it's doing these incredible. choreographed things. The all whole the audience. fans
3: know what to do and when. Yeah, how do they know to do it? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know either. But it's pretty awesome to see. <laughs> it's the magic of Japanese metal. I have no idea, but they're really into it. And We're it's, way too Caucasian to understand.
0: Yeah, just don't.
4: <laughs>
0: <know>. <laughs> and then I'll actually read as we go through these bands. They all man, they all release DVDs like with every tour. Because it's yeah. all visual. It's yeah. all visual. Yeah, yeah you kind of have but to. But you don't see our groups releasing DVDs like these guys do. Nah. Some of these bands will have like 30 DVD releases. Wow. wow. It's just crazy. They have as many DVDs as they do CDs. Now, as far as the sound of visual, K, it's kind of all over the board. It's, it's a real mixture of what I consider Western-style music. It's but
1: dramatic.
0: It is dramatic. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely metal and hard rock based. Yeah. It can branch out into electronic. There's there's all these different stuff. a lot of genres. ballads, too a lot of ballads yeah. a lot of really pretty almost i don't i don't know what to say it's almost carpenterish
1: ballads well there's like epic <laughs> so, <laughs> epic type big songs like x x in particular had like their yeah. ballads were big ballads so you know? like the visual k the title
3: applies more to the the visual than the music then right i mean cuz if it's, it's like both. if you could so like you could take visual k and if you had say slayer and you had Mm, Weezer, and they both had. They both looked the same. Yeah. Would they both be considered the same? Would they both fall under that umbrella? Well, it's just like just like we do here. There's subgenres
0: within subgenres, okay. right? All right. So yes, they'd probably be considered Visual K. Some of these groups we're going to talk about in play. They started off looking like all like the Visual K. What you think of Visual K? And now they don't look like that. Now yeah. they don't look like that. So Thundercats. Thundercats. They look, like, they look like Thundercats. Some of them do <laughs> I mean, look like Thundercats. <laughs> <laughs> But I'd say the music, for the most part, genericizing it, is up-tempo. And, and a lot I of know. what we're going to play, there's there's hardly any slow songs. There's There are some ballads, but mm-hmm. there, it's very up-tempo, almost to a thrash speed metal type. Yeah, ball. yeah. Uh, and that's very common. So all of these yeah. bands, fast beats, not quite blast beats. You'll, you'll hear some of that very well-trained vocalist. Okay. Sung mostly in Japanese. Sometimes they'll throw in an English word if it makes
3: sense to them.
1: Yeah
0: never know why sometimes half of it's in English or just a little bit. So it's in English. Some of the titles are English in English,
3: but every once in a while, they just bust out a motherfucker somewhere in there.
0: And sometimes, and sometimes it's French. They have a lot of French in, in their, in their names and in their song titles too, or other European languages. They just kind of mix everything together. And again, it's very over the top emotion. There's a lot of goth mixed Mm -hmm. in with it too. So a lot of those kind of dark themes, which you'll hear in X-Japan for sure. And then the other thing that that I've seen so I've seen a lot of these bands um, in anime festivals as well as uh, Japan Night, but the real theme with all these groups is they're all badass. Like right they on. can all play yeah. yeah. There is no there's no oh you can tell that person's been playing for two years. These they all they know are what they're all doing. good. Yeah. And even the vocalists, you can't understand you may not be able to understand what they're saying. But you can tell that that's a trained voice, or it's a unique voice, and they treat it like an instrument. Right. And on. you'll hear that as, as
3: we get into this. So there's no Visual K grunge?
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, there is. Uh, there's, uh, some, there's some mix of that. Okay, so, all right. Because I was about to say, there's a lot of uh, – they took a lot of the grunge and the new metal, so kind of that second wave of Visual K in the 90s yeah. and, and beyond – They took that grunge and that new metal sound and incorporated it with what they were already doing. Right on. And you'll hear that when we start getting into this. And this is
3: awesome. I feel like I've learned a ton already, and we haven't even played a freaking song
0: yet. I feel like I'm going on too much. No, this is great. good. Um, The other thing is uh, you're going to hear a lot of maiden priest-like Dual guitar, awesome. which I think just kicks ass. You know, it's that Thin Lizzy.
4: Yeah,
0: oh yeah. Got that dual guitar going. You'll harmony hear it a solos. lot harmony solos, just harmony parts in between the, uh, you know, the verses. It's kick ass to me. I always love that. Right on. Um, and then the other thing that I, I I see when I go to CD Japan or or some of these other sites where you can buy the music is, a lot of these artists have their own custom guitars. They don't just play Les Pauls or Strats like. They all have their own custom guitar that they sell that <laughs> wow. has a certain shape and look. And yeah. I don't know how these people keep up with it in Japan because there's so many of these bands and they all have custom guitars. Right. Wow. So That's I have cool. no idea how they do it.
1: That's cool.
3: That is pretty awesome. So then you just, if you want to buy a guitar, you want to get the one of your favorite dude, you know, because it's unique uh, to that person i mean it's marketing genius part of the gimmick right yeah
0: <laughs> and, and that's you know the other thing that we'll see is as we as we talk about this is is from a packaging standpoint because it's so visual CDs still just sell in japan yeah yeah they you want sell else, but they i sell wonder in japan.
3: i wonder if the guitar thing goes back to cheap trick at budokan you think like look at that guy playing crazy guitars
0: Maybe you, you know, know they release
3: them. We yeah. all need our own custom guitars. Yeah, that's maybe. pretty cool. Maybe and and to that point, talking about CDs,
0: CDs are still big sellers in Japan. Eighty-five percent of the music sales, So this is research that I did. Eighty-five yeah. yeah. percent of the of the music sales are still CDs. Right, you on. can't say that about any other place. No, that's awesome. In this world.
3: Because in Japan they still care enough to hold it in their hand, and yeah, it's you know, all about pack packaging.
0: It. And I actually brought you know something for you to yeah. see—one of the bands that we'll be looking at. But they just—they do very elaborate packages. They do a lot of um, special cross promotions. So there may be three different versions of an album. Wow, mm-hmm. which is brilliant. You going to buy all three of them if that's yeah. your brand. You yeah, know. if you're really it's into that, it's that Let's whole see. kiss Here it goes totally back to Kiss. right, it's it's right? Kiss influence. Um, No, the one thing I saw that is starting to happen is YouTube starting to kind of creep in. Yeah. Uh, folks are starting to... Because in Japan, it's harder for them to do um, digital downloads and streaming. They have some restrictions on how they can do that. So that's part of the reason that CDs still reign, mm-hmm. aside from the packaging. But uh, I just think it's cool that somebody's still buying CDs. That yeah. is cool.
1: Man,
3: you're making me want to move to Japan.
1: Because uh, <laughs> Aaron's a CD guy. Yeah. I think I'm
3: turning Japanese.
1: <laughs> uh, I was waiting for that uh, to get brought uh, up. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, um... Uh, and I have to mention a group called B's. We're not going to play them. Okay. It's just B with a Z at the end. But they're the biggest selling Japanese group of all time, over 100,000 in sales. Over wow. Over
1: X? Yeah,
3: over X. Yeah.
1: A hundred million in sales? Yeah.
3: So if you stop A hundred million. If you stopped a Japanese person on the street and said, name a rock band... They would say Bees. Bees? They would say bees. I've never
0: even heard of this band. I, right? Well, so they were uh, they were pop, like a synth pop group, apparently, in the early 80s. They transitioned to hard rock when hard rock was big. They mm-hmm. kind of had a like an Aerosmith sound. Okay. okay. So they were more traditional hard rock, western sound, but they are the biggest selling group of all time, so I, I wanted to at least huh. mention them. Mm-hmm. They transitioned to blues... In the late '90s, so really? they were only hard rock for a short time. Wow! Like they transitioned to a blues group, but they've released so many albums that that's why I think they're the biggest band ever.
1: That's they crazy. to check them. out some of their stuff.
0: And then there's another, like I said, there were subgenres of of Visual K, and there's a whole symphonic power metal. Unfortunately, I don't have we don't have time to you know yeah, cover we, all of these. Yeah, but we could do a whole series awesome, on these. Yeah, I guess. There are a couple of awesome bands that we're not going to cover who dress like I was talking about the whole Elizabethan. Marie and Antoinette—they yeah. all kind of have that, that weird nineteenth-century look to them, and but they play like they play like maiden and priest, right? So right. it's like <laughs> it's really crazy. But if if somebody wants to go do some YouTube search, yeah. Versailles, Phantasmagoria, Moi de Moi, and Matinro Opera—they all have these crazy looks and they play this really fast speed metal. But it's more like priest or metal. Huh. Or okay, cool. So it's just really cool. Gotcha. But we're not playing them. Okay. <laughs> all right.
1: Be That's limited. Homework. There's a lot there's a lot more here than I expected.
0: Yeah, and I, you know, like I said, I, I I know this is just the tip of the iceberg, but I think it's important for people to kind yeah, yeah. Of see where sure. it's coming from. And then the biggest thing that we will dive into today is um, this new movement of all girl traditional heavy metal power metal acts.
1: Baby metal. They just played here last week.
0: Okay, let me talk about baby metal, because we're not going to play them. All right. I'm kind of happy you're not. I am not a baby metal fan, and, um, and here's yeah. the reason why. Baby metal is, is what the Japanese called idol music. Okay. And idol music is... It's much like our boy bands here, yeah. right? They put these groups Super together. Special. They put them with choreographed. They put them with a the band. They write the music for them. They meaning the producers.
1: It's a packaged It's a thing. packaged deal. Yeah. They're
0: sexy um, Japanese I know people, monkeys. I know people love baby metal and they I, like the whole thing. I could
1: not get into it. I tried. The band's badass. but The music is good, but the vocals,
0: yeah. oh. Yeah, it's real cutesy. It's really girly. <laughs> so the whole idol thing is about this, this whole – Japan, so Japan has a high suicide rate, right? Really? A really high suicide rate because it's, it's they such a... got that a
3: crazy forest. Crazy forest? So you never heard about the crazy forest <laughs> in Japan? The crazy okay, forest. there's a crazy forest in Japan. Here's like my only Japanese contribution of things I've learned over the suicide. years. Suicide. The, yeah, they have the suicide forest oh, where people okay. go into the forest yeah. en masse and, and kill themselves and that's where you go to do it.
0: But the, the reason for that is it's a very stressful uh, culture of being your best always yeah right and so they have a very they're very homogenized culture they um uh, you know it's, it's about conformity to some point where people do a nine to five you know it's very competitive it's always about being the best of the best of the best and that's kind of an asian thing in general i, I can yeah. say that because i'm married to a korean woman yeah. mm-hmm. so it's always about being the best and that's just asian culture that's you know part yeah. of their culture um very always competitive being the best yeah. very competitive yeah. And so they have a high suicide. Rate. So anyway, getting back to idols, so they created um, idols to be these pop groups that have a positive impact on people. that okay. give people an escape in a positive way. They they, they make them. They're not edgy. In right. other words, they're you know cutesy. They're because you know Japanese love the the cutesy anime toys and things like that. You know, everything that comes from Japan that looks like those little stuffed animals and things that they love, Hello Kitty and all that. So it's, they're trying to package that look into real people and they call those idols. And there's all these idol bands. uh, There's J pop, it's all very popular.
1: Yeah, I've heard yeah. about J5. Oh, the, the thing that Kiss did with, um, was it that was Clover's idol- E. That's, Clover an, idol that's yes. an idol band. That is right? an idol band. Okay, The all-girl group they played with. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. that was a band that was put together. I to... actually dug that song. Yeah, I thought it was good, too. I a wish, lot of people don't like it. But bitch, Kiss got a hell of a payday off oh, that. Oh, I'm sure they did. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it went along with their tour, so it yeah. was yeah. Yeah.
1: huge. I'm sure they made a lot of money yeah. on that. But-, but anyway,
0: that's what baby metal is. These yeah. groups that I'm talking about, these are real badass chicks they can play their instruments really well and can give Maiden or Priest or any of those bands a run for their money. Right you're going to hear it
3: today. Okay, awesome.
0: But that's kind of the newest thing is, is the all the girl groups that look... They may look like Disney princesses, but they sound like Iron Maiden.
1: Right on. That's cool. awesome. I like it. Cool. So we're going to get into some let Yeah, music. Let's,
0: let's get into it. We have to start with the first band that created Visual K Movement, the band that I consider their biggest export x japan um so we're gonna play x from blue blood which was their second album came out in 1988 it was their first major label album i'm not sure how well at that time it was released over here but it you can easily get it on itunes so I, I would think that it was released here at the time that it came out but they're from kind of the greater tokyo area they were formed in 82 again their name was x but they had to add japan because of the la punk band their rhythm guitarist slash lead guitars he day. Um, he died in nineteen ninety eight. And I think after the song I'd like to kind of talk about that a little bit. Okay. okay. But this was released when he was still alive and what I think is interesting is they're a huge band. Um they've but they've only had five studio albums. Four were number one on the Oricon charts. Wow. They've had six live albums, twenty one singles, and four of those are number one singles. They've sold over 30 million records. They only have five albums. Wow. They've sold over 30 million records.
3: Holy shit.
0: (laughs) They're the biggest selling Japanese metal act of all time, and they're 17th on the list for for all, all time in Japan. They reformed in 2008 or so, and since then they've gone on to perform in Europe, in Asia, in the U.S. They just recently closed Coachella. Mm -hmm. Opposite Beyonce. Wow. They played at the same time as Beyonce. Wow. And from what I read, it went over
4: really well.
1: fast That's amazing. <laughs> wow
0: so yoshiki is the drummer um and he's kind of the leader of the band at least since the the death of hide but i mean his drumming is like that on almost every song that's unbelievable that it's and it's just crazy and in, in concert and he has all sorts of health problems a
1: lot of health problems
0: uh, you'll see it in the in the movie and but he you know he falls over his drums and it's you know it's very emotional every show but man the guy just he always sounds that like good and from what you heard on the, the Kiss My Ass uh, compilation, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's a composer too. Right. So he's got all these albums that are like classical compositions that he's done as well. Right. And he brought that into X too, but of course it wasn't part of that song. But I wanted to play something that was kind of descriptive of the genre that they created. They Their music is all over the board. Um, they were even considered kind of, Progressive at one point, which, you know, is good for me. (laughs) But but I did want to mention, so Hide, uh, he is or was the uh, rhythm guitarist slash kind of dual lead guitarist with Pata. Um, Hide, they think, committed accidental suicide in, I want to say, 2000, I'm oh, sorry, 1998. I yeah. believe that's correct. But he was, ex japan to give you the sense of scale of how important they were to the nation, he was considered a hero. There were multiple, multiple copycat suicides after oh, his wow. death, wow. which is horrible. There was even a girl who slit her wrist at his wake mm. in front of the wake. Dang. Went, went up and slit her wrist. Um, yeah. Ten thousand people attended his wake, and fifty thousand people attended his funeral. Wow!
1: Yeah, it was like a national hero. Yeah, yeah, I mean,
0: it's like you. I don't. I don't know that you can equate that to any any not other pop that star that of. I can think of. No, not not in what I mean. You know, when Brian Jones died, I don't think that happened with the Rolling Stones. Mm, when, no. when John Lennon died. It was a big deal, but I don't yeah. think there was anything like that. No. Not even Elvis. Elvis? Yeah. No, but
1: like that's one thing I got from the X thing was that the the relationship with the fans is like maybe the strongest band fan relationship I've ever seen.
0: Yeah. And I think that's part of what makes that whole scene that's that, that uniqueness to Japan. I think their just their their tightness with their, their pop
3: idols is Unlike any other country, or well, is it maybe because Japan is a small country, you know, like the United States? Like we were talking about mm-hmm. last week, you listen to that wasp song and you'd say, Dang, I feel like I'm as far away from the Sunset Strip as you could possibly right. be. In Japan, being that it's a smaller country, is everything just more accessible? It makes you feel like you're more of a part of it, maybe? It might be. I don't know. I think, you know, I think it would take somebody from Japan
0: to really explain yeah, the whole scenario yeah. to us. I think you're probably right, though. Yeah, you know, sort of like. Like England's not a huge, compared to America, England's not huge, but there's so many bands there and people are very into them. So I I guess it's sort of that same thing. But um, since his death, so they kind of stopped after his death for a while and they didn't get back together until 2007, 2008. But every year after his death, they had basically 10 years of heavy mourning. So every year they had these big um, festivals. They even had a, a museum the prime minister of Japan had a museum erected for Hide oh, wow. in his hometown that was up for five or so years before they closed it. He's still considered a member of X. In fact, mm. they were the first band to use holograms. Oh, they really? actually have a hologram on stage of Hide as well as their first bassist who also died recently, but they've, they've been doing that since 2008. Wow! Oh, wow. And actually this, you know, we're recording this in May, and this is the 20th anniversary of Hide's death. Um, and there's a documentary coming out that's in in Japanese, but it's called "Hurry Go Round," and that's coming out on the 26th. Wow.
1: Okay. So
0: it's very relevant that we're doing this. Yeah. yeah.
1: Wow.
3: Wow, that's a bummer, man. Uh, yeah.
0: Now the other thing that's that you know the, to get back on a positive note with X Japan. So they just did Coachella. They've been promising an all English their sixth album they've been promising this thing for like three or four years yeah um but they've had pata the other guitarist has had health problems uh, yoshiki has had major health problems he just had major surgery so they've they've delayed this album but apparently there's an all english first time all english spoken album that's going to come out soon oh cool. wow, that's awesome they've released
3: a couple singles in the last couple of years and they've been good they've
1: been really yeah. good awesome
3: that's cool. Maybe that's what'll finally break X in America, where everybody can understand them. Well, I mean, I think the fact that they just played Coachella,
0: I think that kind of yeah, sucks. that's that they pretty. They've cool. already broken They've already gotten aware of yeah.
1: it. I well, in the, movie, wow. in the movie, they're In the movie, they headlining Madison Square Garden. Like, <laughs> yeah. they've already. They got the yeah. Audience. They did Wembley
0: um, yeah. a couple years. So when ago. they play
3: Madison Square Garden,
1: are they packing it yes, all here in the states? Like three nights. They three nights in a row. Wow, but, really? Yeah, they're yeah. already giant. So is that
3: because, like, every Japanese American in the whole entire country has to be there? Yeah. Well, I don't know about Nashville, but I know in Atlanta
0: we have two huge anime festivals. Uh Uh-huh. Huge. I mean, these these go into the World Congress Center and all these these big venues that we have. So I think in every major town there's this huge anime. There's this huge Japanese culture thing that's happening with a lot of the teenagers now that maybe we're not – Quite hip, too. Right. You know, as much. But there's a there's a big kind of subculture, even in America, for, for Japanese, all things Japanese. Right on. Uh, and I think that has to do with anime and ex Japan translates or carries over from that. So that's cool.
3: Mm-hmm. That's good. That's yeah, cool. We'll turn the, so, turn the youth into rock and rollers any way we exa- can.
0: Hey, you know what, man? If this is what it takes to yeah. get people back to rock and roll, you can't get much better than this music that's coming out. I mean, it's. <laughs> If I had heard X when I was in 1988 when that song came out, they would have been at the top of my
1: list. Yeah, you know, I was into song.
0: Megadeth, I was into Metallica, I was, you know, Thrash was my thing, along with Punk. That would have fit right in, man. I would yeah. have no problem. And plus, I liked, plus I liked glam metal. The mm-hmm. way they looked, I've been all over it. Yeah, right on. Just a
1: combination. Know about it.
0: So, uh, the second song that I wanted to play is um, another Visual K band. And this one's a little bit different because it's an all-female Visual K band, which you, I honestly haven't found another one. Visual K is very male-dominated because a lot of, like I said, a lot of the look is about trying to look like a, a woman. It's kind right. of an androgyny thing. Yeah. Here you have an all-female group who half of them look very cutesy and a couple of them look kind of male. So it's kind of a, a, mm-hmm. you know, a slant on the whole, whole v- visual of it. But this band's called Exist Trace. And they've been around since 2003. I, I totally dig this band. I think they're awesome. They have four full-length LPs. You can get those on iTunes. I got all of them. Eight EPs. And that's one thing I want to point out. With a lot of these bands, unlike what we may see here with most of our bands just doing full-lengths, yeah. a lot of these bands, they do just as many EPs as they do full length albums so they, they fill up the space I think it has to do with maybe the visual aspect of, of their genre yeah. but you know in between every album they're going to have an EP hmm. and they may have a live DVD too so no. it's just product 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 yeah. know, I think, I think it, again I think that all goes back to KISS in hmm. a
3: market where CDs and things are selling exactly you know, they're right, selling you them so
0: it. you'll see a lot of EPs so I'm going to keep reading off how many EPs and singles these bands have because sure. it's, it's impressive <laughs> so 2003 four full length albums eight EPs nine singles Um, what's cool about this group is they started off really heavy. I'm going to play a newer song. This is from 2016. Um, the, the guitarist who, she looks like the cutest Japanese girl you've ever seen, but she plays guitar. She writes almost all the lyrics and all the songs. They're just killer. The first, when they first came out, they were very heavy. Now they've kind of gone a little bit poppy and they're kind of going back to in between. And that's what this song is going to be. It's going to kind of showcase how they're kind of in between what I think is cool visually about them, and I, I want people to go out to Google and, and Google Exist Trace. For a while, the bass player looked like the the character from The Grudge.
1: Oh, you the, seen the movie? The oh Grudge? Yeah, yeah, okay. You mean the Ring?
0: Or, well, The Ring and The Grudge. There's two. Right. Yeah, they were both Japanese horror movies that they made into American. Yeah, right. Movies. Yeah, but the the, the, little, the, girl the, girl, the little girl that crawls out of the room here, the, yeah. yeah. the bass player actually looks. If you go and look at visuals over, and I put a visual in our notes here. Yeah, but. She looks like creepy. her on stage. She looks it's like creepy bucket as hell. Head without I thought it was the, the coolest bucket. thing I'd ever seen. Um, but anyway, I just thought that was cool. Go go check that out. Her name's Niatu. Uh, but again, this is kind of a mix between their heavy and their poppy. This is their newer music. This is called This Is Now Off The, This Is Now EP. <laughs> Kind of a really mix cool. of
1: traditional metal and new metal. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. and you'll see that again uh, with with another group that I'm going to play. But
3: I was going to say, like, if that was if the vocals were all in English, I could see that getting played on modern rock radio and maybe even being a pretty big hit around here. Maybe, yeah, yeah, p- perhaps. I don't know. As it's, far as big hits go around here nowadays, I guess whatever that means. We're not Japan. <laughs> we're not cool like the Japanese. Yeah. I, I, what I think is cool about it is. At least for me,
0: because, and maybe it's because I'm a musician. Um, Not a great one, but I'm a musician nonetheless. But I I think it's cool that they mix all these different genres and kind of make it their own. You know, Mm -hmm. they take the bits of things that they like and put it all together into one song. Right. And that's the the songs that I picked today. I tried to pick songs that are kind of reflective of all the things that these groups do into a single song. Right. Um, So I picked songs where they, like with that one, you had a really poppy chorus. Sung by the two two very different singers, but you had this kind of new metal uh, you know turnaround you, you had a traditional
3: metal lead, yeah you know
0: I just think it's cool that they can mix all this stuff and make it really
3: unique and it works, yeah, yeah, it definitely works. what are they called again? exist trace exist trace we're gonna have to look in the show notes how to spell this stuff well that and that's spelled
0: just like it sounds yeah. uh, a lot of these groups it's interesting because most of them have either English or european based language mm-hmm. names yeah but they may sing in japanese totally
1: okay <laughs> it's just you know. it's a real blender of stuff it is so and they, all the
3: good japanese names have been taken by now at this point
0: i don't know i think i think it's they th- i think i don't know but i think that they think it's cool to take uh english and french and german words and just put them together no matter what the, what it means. Yeah. You know, because a lot of these things it will make no sense what they put together. Well... But it I'm, just
3: looks cool.
1: America put out a band called Limp Biscuit, so, I mean, <laughs> there's no accounting for taste. It no don't matter what country you're from.
3: You got nothing on us, Japan. This <laughs> Welcome to America. We have
1: corn with a K. I mean, uh, as much as I love corn, but come on. This is true. Yeah. This we're true. not going to, we're going to talk about America being great with band names.
0: No, yeah. one thing they do... <laughs> this trace ain't so bad. One thing they do that we don't do is they take the the... Punctuations that we use and use them completely wrong.
1: So you'll 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 have
0: hyphens and all sorts of things in weird places to make up a band name or a song title. Yeah, like there's a band called Doubt. Okay, but it's spelled D equals O U T, but they pronounce the name of the band Doubt.
1: Okay, (laughs) all right. (laughs) Molly Crew used umlauts the wrong way.
0: Yeah, it's taken that a bit you know to the next extreme, I guess. All right, so the next band we're going to do is a band that some people may actually know, uh, because they've they've toured internationally pretty extensively, All right, and their lead singer is the member of a band called Lark and Seal, who is the seventh best-selling act on the Oricon charts of all time. Hmm. So this band is called Vamps. I I actually prefer them to his other huge band called Lark and Seal, which is like a, a French... Here's here's an example where they took mm-hmm. a French word, which means rainbow, I think, in in French. Um, but I, I like this band. It's a kind of a, a super group duo, the main guy, and it's his name's Hyde, but he's the lead singer from Larkin Sill. Lark and Sill, we're not playing today. They're they're more of a pop rock visual K they they would consider visual K, but they've gone more pop rock. They have tons of albums.
3: But they've sold over forty million albums. Since 1991. Wow. Um, which, again, we're talking about a country the size of Japan. So
4: that's yeah. a good a number of, people, of the yeah.
3: population. Yeah.
0: And they, uh, that band, which is not who I'm talking about, but the lead singers from that band, they've been around since 91. They've, they were the first band to ever headline Madison Square Garden. It's like um, every
3: album is Frampton Comes Alive.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Right? Pretty much. But anyway, this band, Vamps, his side project. Um, I think is a lot better, and I think most most people who listen to Decibel Geek, I think are going to like this song. They're more of a straightforward hard rock, very westernized sounding band. They still sing in in Japanese. They'll throw in English words from from time to time. And sometimes it's mostly in English. It just kind of mixes it up. Um, but they have four full length LPs. You can get them on iTunes. They've had thirteen singles. All of them have reached the top ten in the Oricon charts. So they're they're huge wow. in Japan. They've also had massive uh, international success they've been on the warp Tour they played the USS Missouri in Hawaii oh, wow. which was kind of cool they played Download they've had their own festival in Japan which also had 6am and Buck Cherry as their guest um, they played Rockville Rock on the Range and they recent, more recently opened for Danzig in the US wow. so they're, they're, they're a pretty well known band but um, I want to play their first single which came out in 2007 before their first album but this is off their first album Uh, It's called Love Addict. This is The Vamps. Figured most decibel geek listeners might might dig that one, and again, it's you know it's a side project for this guy who's in this other band. But I think this stuff is the best stuff he's doing. Yeah, it's it's harder than the other band, and it's
3: um, I don't know to west again to Western ears,
0: it just sounds awesome. Yeah,
3: because it's got like there's moments there I'm thinking, is this in English or is this what? Wait, I thought I understood that. Is <laughs> I think it's mostly in English. Sometimes uh, it's hard to tell with, <laughs> with these groups because, you know, it's not their first language. Yeah. But, yeah, I think it's mostly in English. That's pretty cool that dancing took them out on tour, too. I can yeah. see that, that going good together. <laughs> and they actually, that's, that's actually I
0: wanted to mention that, too. So it, the, his other band, Lark and Sill, they actually have the same members. I think this is cool. They released different albums with the exact same members of, of Lark and Sill, uh-huh. but they all play different instruments, and they call oh, it wow. Punk and Sill, and they play punk music. Oh,
4: wow. <laughs> like,
0: just, you know, again, that's not something we would
3: see here. No, definitely not. And you they know, sell. A them. lot of the bands probably couldn't do that. <laughs> right. Yeah. You could yeah.
4: <laughs> so It really speaks so cool. to the
3: musicianship of these. Japanese bands. Like you say, yep. you know, it's like when we talk to Michael Wagner, and he says, you know, back when bands could actually play their instruments, right? You know, and it's like in Japan, that's a that's a must. They're all killer musicians. Yeah.
0: Like you can just tell
3: they can play
0: their instruments so well, and it's usually um, for me, I'm I'm always paying attention to the bass because I, you know, I'm a bass player. And it could be the tiniest little Japanese girl playing this big bass, and she is just phenomenal on it. You know, it it, it doesn't matter what group I see; it's always the same thing. They're just amazing.
1: Cool. So So
0: I I respect that so much. Yeah, that's cool.
1: So what we got going on next?
0: All right. So next, uh, and I'm going to try to pronounce. It's it's funny. This is one of my favorite bands of all time, over any band ever. All right. And they, I I can't pronounce their name. cuz every time i look up how exactly to say it it looks a little bit or it sounds a little bit different but oh, yeah. my understanding it's m u c c is the way it's spelled so muck under- it but i've heard people say muck uh-huh. but i've also heard muku and muku is also uh mu is 6 and ku is 9 so sometimes they're also called 69 in japanese okay, okay? but i believe the way it's pronounced is muku
1: <laughs> muku
0: and they're actually named after a, a character on a children's TV show in Japan, so we have no reference whatsoever for it. All right. Wow. Okay. So there you go. But they're um, they're one of the premier bands uh, from kind of the second wave of Visual K. So this is a Visual K band that started off very uh, uh, what I would call common Visual K and look and appearance and even sound. Since then, they've just gone to to really be their own thing, and mm-hmm. they. They kind of have their own sound, their own look. They don't look like anybody else. So um, to call them Visual K now is not quite accurate if you're just thinking about the generic look of of what is Visual K. Right. um, They've only been around uh, since 2007. However, they have 13 full-length LPs. Wow. Two live LPs, three EPs, 34 singles, and 17 DVDs.
1: And a part-time oh, too,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when these guys sleep. Man. Yeah, I man. I I mean. <laughs> so,
3: that sounds like a good problem yeah. to have. You know, like, yeah. like if Kiss was doing that nowadays, I'd be like, awesome. Next week. Guess what? Another Kiss album. Awesome.
0: Yeah, exactly. So you're a Japanese music fan.
3: Yeah. You are getting your money's worth. It's
0: not like you know us waiting on Def lever to make an album every five years. (laughs) Back in the day, you know, it's like they are coming out with something almost like Kiss used to. Here's the Kiss reference again. Right. Remember, Kiss used to do albums. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what these bands are doing. That's awesome.
1: Um, Following the blueprint, I
0: love the way it all goes back it all to kids. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it always will, no matter
1: set the blueprint for a lot no of no matter bands. what
0: for three of us. Yes. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> so all but two of their albums have charted uh, on the charts in Japan, and eight of their albums have been in the top twenty. So this is a you know this is a well respected, well selling band. Um, the lead singer, I'm not going to try to pronounce the names of these guys because I don't want to murder. The pronunciation, yeah. but the lead singer he has a very unique voice for Visual K. A lot of the Visual K singers uh, I mentioned earlier, they have kind of that operatic kind of Bruce Dickinson esque right. kind sure. of thing going for them, and they they a lot of them tend to sound a little bit similar. Yeah. When you're listening to the music, this guy has his own sound, um, amazing voice. The guitarist Mia is a uh, he's like a guitar hero in Japan. So this guy's it's just one guitarist. He's amazing. I I kind of liken him to a, almost a Van Halen or a Brian May kind of a very unique sound yeah. to his guitar. And then what what's cool about this band is the uh, the bass player. He plays uh, upright bass off and on.
4: Mm-hmm. So he plays right. both you
0: know regular guitar bass. He also plays the upright contrabass. And in certain songs, they kind of have that not rockabilly, not ska, but somewhere in between mm-hmm. feel. So there again, this is a, a genre bending uh-huh. band. Uh, I picked a song that really covers everything that they do. So you'll hear a little bit of ska, a little bit of metal, a little bit of new metal, a little bit of, uh, pop in the, in the choruses, uh, a little bit of power. So it's just mm-hmm. all over the place. Um, they've played internationally. Uh, some people may be familiar with them. They played taste of chaos tour in the U S and Europe and Latin America. So they, they do have some exposure to, uh, America and Europe. um, they don't really have that look, like I said, that, that most Visual K bands have now. They kind of go back and forth. Uh, and one thing that, that I noted that's kind of funny is um, they did a publicity stunt. Here Here again, another KISS reference. They did a publicity stunt on their 15-year anniversary where they had this contest where they had two new members join the band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was like fans who could send it. You could send in uh, your your video. Yeah. And oh, then they, wow. they did it online on a show where they picked the members. Uh, they gave them stage names, they did photos with them they were gonna they promoted them like they were gonna be on tour with them and then two weeks later, miraculously, both of those members quit the band. <laughs> but, but I just thought that was really cool made for a great t v show oh, yeah. at the time yeah, I thought it was really cool um but again their their music's all over the board. they're one of my. Like I said, one of my favorite bands of all time. I would put them in my top ten. If I were listing my favorite, Kevin's favorite bands of all time, they'd be in my top ten. Oh, wow. That's how much I like this book. Okay, awesome.
1: This is Muku. Muku. And the song's called Killer.
0: Killer. And this is off their latest full-length album, released in 2017.
3: Was just one song. Yeah, I thought that was pretty straightforward AC/DC like. Wow, (laughs) I feel like I just listened to like six or seven or eight songs in one, smashed into one. Like it's like a medley, but it's not. It's one (laughs) song, but it's. It's not, it's, there's like 80s rock we mixed get, uh, in there, you know, like, like Chris called because like we were listening to it, some Jakey e. Lee it sounded like in there, yeah, but then there's, the there's moments song. in there where it sounds like Corn, and then there's moments Franz where it's Ferdinand.
1: <laughs> 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 it's like a weird mix of shit. Yeah,
3: I think, wow. uh, only the Japanese can get
0: away with it apparently, but yeah? that's, that's why I like it so much, again, it just, they, they take everything that they like and they just blend and it all together. Use it all. Put it all in one song. I kind of liken it to a Japanese Queen you yeah. You got this over the top singer. You've got these these musicians that are able to just blend all these different elements. I mean, if you listen to go back and listen to
3: the the Queen discography, I mean, it's all over the board, you know, as yeah. far as what styles are doing. So The vocalist, he kind of reminds me of like a Japanese uh Stanley from LSD.
1: Yeah. yeah. He kind of has got yeah, that, that that
3: LSD kind of yeah. quality. He doesn't look quite singing. as much like a bum. No, he's but, not homeless uh, looking. No.
1: Although he, uh, that I've seen the videos and
3: paint. he doesn't wear shoes, so maybe there oh, may be some connection. There, there. You, go. there you go. That's oh, great, man. See, this is cool because, Kevin, to be totally honest with you, when the idea of this came up, I thought, I'm not going to like any of it. <laughs> but so far, I've liked all of it. Awesome. I was worried about that as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again,
0: direct any comments to Chris and Aaron at <laughs> <of> the not <laughs> <decimal> Geek. <gig. laughs>
1: Which um, I'm very interested to see what the feedback is on this episode. It we'll put Kevin's
0: to... personal phone number show yeah, notes. Yeah, just, just call this guy. <laughs> I'm going to have all these Japanese people blessing me out in Japanese. Yeah. I'm not going to have a clue what they're I, yeah. I
1: can go into salesman mode and say, if you don't like his picks, then donate $100 to the Rock and Pod Expo, and then right. you can come on and do an episode that you want
3: Sure. Do. And That's then right, we bitches. come on and do an ACDC show <laughs> yeah, with us. Yeah, play <laughs> whatever you want.
1: We can do Argentinian metal. Yeah. I'm sure it exists. It does. Yeah. yeah, I'll do that one next. No, okay. <laughs>
0: Although there is – there, so there are some uh, just in the Asia realm. Yeah. There are some uh, – I think everybody knows that K-pop is a big thing right mm-hmm. now, uh, Korean pop. And that's – for some reason that's getting a lot of attention in the States right now. I don't know about abroad, but I assume it's in Europe as well. There are some Korean – hard and metal bands, but yeah? not nearly the output that Japan has. Yeah, yeah we've got a lot um,
1: to cover with Japan. Is, yeah, but
0: there there are so there are some great metal bands from China. There are some great metal bands from Korea. I've only started to dig into those. Japan's kind of been my focus, so yeah. Yeah. Cool. that's what we're, we're working
1: with. All right, well, what's next on the list? All right,
0: so next is uh, a side project from a group that people will be familiar with uh, called Sex Machine Guns. If you watched uh, Sam Dunn, who did um, he did the Metal Evolution, uh, Metal the Headbangers yeah. Journey, the Headbangers Journey, he did uh, Flight Six Six Six, he did Beyond the Light of Stage, great, great, um, good director, yeah. good director, you know, great makes great documentaries. But he did one yeah, called Global Metal, uh, and Global Metal covered uh, you know uh, five continents or whatever and in, in a bunch of countries, and one of those yeah. was Japan, and he covered the band Sex Machine Guns. He he kind of went over some of the differences between the, the way that Japanese like Japanese uniquely Japanese music and Western music and how they don't really cross paths, blah, blah, blah. One of the bands he featured was called sex machine guns and he showed footage of them. And in that footage, sex machine guns were wearing, um, outfits. They looked like dynasty era kiss. Yeah. So, well, I don't know if you remember that or not, but they, they very much look like dynasty era kiss, um, sex machine guns, I did. I, I thought about playing them, mm-hmm. uh, but since they were featured in that movie, I, I thought people may have exposure to them already. There's a, a side project called Big Bites, and that's mm-hmm. what I want to play because it's more straightforward hard rock. I just the song we're going to play. I I just love. I just think it's awesome, and it's more like sleazy hard rock. They they only made um, two albums that I know of. Uh, I think they're still around, but Sex Machine Guns is. Uh, This guy's main project So this is just a side project With some other folks From some other bands That I don't know (laughs) But but this is from their uh, First EP Called Leopard You can find it on iTunes Very easily Uh, It came out in 2009 This is called It's Sawari No Melody It has a little resemblance To some grunge You might pick up on But it's, It's just a really cool song To me it's just a hard rock song So check it out That's awesome. So, if you like that singer, uh, I would, you know, tell everybody to go check out Sex Machine Guns uh, as well. They have uh, sixteen so, uh, full length LPs.
1: Sex Machine Guns would um, sing about their pistol of passion, or their Uzi of ooze. Sorry, I had to bring it back to you. I Jesus. can't. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> That's a <Paul> Stan- <laughs> it's a Paul Stanley's day <laughs> draft. My oozy of ooze. Oozy of ooze. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, that was very 90s. Yeah. Time. So totally. I guess there, there, was, there was kind of a... That was you know, Japanese that was grunge. grunge. Huh?
3: Francis Farmer will have her revenge on Tokyo.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like that one.
3: So they also have a, a
0: full length uh, called Lion that came out in 2011. Um, I've only just recently ordered that, so I can't tell you if it's good or not. But I know that that's out as well, and I got that on on Amazon. Cool. All right, so now we get into something that I really want to get into, which is the all-girl traditional power metal. All right, that's brand new. Uh, this group, there's a ton of them. Uh, in fact, there's a, a new group called Love Bites that I almost put on this, mm-hmm. which I would tell everybody, please go check out Love Bites. Uh, you can find them on iTunes. They are amazing. You would think that KK Downing and Glenn Tipton are in that band.
1: You can nice. find them in the Dead of Night. So. The bites. Yeah,
0: <laughs> good, good job. So. Uh, this band is called Mary's Blood. And this is off of their 2015 album. Uh, I believe they just released a new album. Uh, unfortunately, it's not available to us in the U.S. yet for, for some reason. Um, but I'm looking forward to getting that as well. Again, it's traditional heavy metal, power metal, played by an all-female group. Uh, It's kind of a a movement that's going on. It's been going on since 2010 in Japan. There was another band that this band comes from called Destros, uh, which you can also find on iTunes, and they were badass as well. Uh, But Mary's Blood, for some reason, uh, out of all the groups, this one just, to me, I don't know, something about this band I just really like. I like the the lead singer. A lot of the all-girl groups, the singers can be a little too... Singy for me, and yeah. this girl has some throat. You know what I mean? She okay. kind of has that rawness in her vocals, which I really like. Um, and they've actually played some international dates. They've played some anime uh, expos in Houston. Uh, they've opened for for Marty Freeman. They've open, opened for Dragon Force, so they have some exposure. Although I think mostly they've been in Japan and Asia uh, playing their gigs. So hopefully they'll get bigger and, and make some headway. This is the band. And this whole genre of new female bands, this is what I would hope would replace baby metal okay so so baby metal 's huge if you like baby metal cool man that 's that 's great, but this is the real deal to me these are These are women playing heavy metal the way it should be played, traditional heavy metal english american style with their own slant to it, and they 're badass and there 's nothing like watching a bunch of small Japanese girls. Who some of these girls are are made up like there 's a band called band Maid, and they wear maid outfits mm-hmm. uh, this this group they look kind of they look metal, uh, other groups dress up like princesses, but there 's nothing like watching these groups on YouTube and just seeing them kick ass yeah. you know with with the way that they look it's just it 's mm-hmm. kind of like it's a contrast it 's yeah. a contrast and it 's kind of unnerving, which is kind of cool you know? well, maybe but it's just point. badass <laughs> yeah they 're making the point of hey, we, we're cutesy, but man, we rock. And I just think it's really cool. I have two daughters, so to me it's, you know, and they're half Asian, so I, I can kind of see my daughters in these groups. I think that's part of why right I like on. them. That's just me. Um, this This particular song is a little bit lighter. It's not as fast uh, from, from, from some of their epic stuff, but I think Decel Geek listeners will like this song. Cool. Check it out.
1: This is called Ready to Go. Ready to Go. one so far in my opinion
3: yeah i mean that's hard to argue man i really like that a lot i hope uh i hope some people search this out because t- to me they're just so badass yeah because it's got a little bit of everything i mean the the chick's an amazing singer she's got a yeah. powerful voice the guitar playing's killer the rhythm section is right on the
0: money i mean
1: yeah, yeah, it's a- yeah. it has. It wow
3: on. and they've uh like i said they
0: just released a new album so i'm not sure you know exactly what it's going to sound like um but they've, they've, they're doing well. I, I can see that they're st- steadily progressing. Uh, so hopefully they'll get some international exposure. And I'd love to see them come over to the States. I would go to that
3: show in, in a heartbeat. I had no idea that I should be watching for anime conventions and things <laughs>
0: to Just see the great bands. metal bands. It's funny you say that. Um, so people that are into anime, I, you know, there may be some listeners that are into it too, they are super into it. So yeah. you know, it's one of those, those things that, when you're into it, you're into it, you know, you're full on. And, uh, there's so many anime, I can't keep up with it. I I tried for a little while, but there's just so many movies. There's so many different sub genres and cultures that go along with anime as well. I I just, you know, I like the music that goes along with some of it, which is the music that we're playing. A lot of the visual K artists have songs in, in anime. Um, and so when these conventions come to Atlanta, I'll go to them and most of them are cosplay conventions, right? So, Ninety percent of the people are dressed up like some character in anime. Yeah, I go to these things. I pay my ten bucks. I go in and I dress like I do for a rock show, right? I just dress like me normally, all in black and you know some some metal on as well. And uh, and I get all these looks, and I can tell that the kid. It's mostly uh, you know uh, young younger kids, so it's mostly high school and college kids at these things. And I can tell they're looking at me, thinking, okay, what what anime is he trying what to is look like what's he be? trying to look like, <laughs> like me? and i even stood in line one time there was a band called the malise who they're not metal they're just more of a rock band but i i was aware of them a great japanese band called the malice and they were playing this anime festival in atlanta and i went and paid my money i didn't go to any of the anime events or anything i just, just went and stood, right stood in line for the malise and there's all these people dressed you know cosplay in cosplay and in the line with me and you know these these kids turn around to me and they go, "Who are you supposed to be?" And I'm like, "Oh, I'm just me. I'm just here to see this band." They're like, mm-hmm. "You came to this anime thing just to see this band?" Because they're it's like an extra thing that yeah, it all ties getting, in. Right? Yeah, it just ties yeah. in. It's not really part of. I'm like, "Yeah, I like the music." That's, all, that's the only reason. Right, yeah. Like, that's so cool. <laughs> that's right.
3: <laughs> when, right. Uh, when John Astronomy let me hang out with Ace Frehley that time, that was that kind of a anime cosplay mm-hmm. thing. And imagine how everybody was looking at Aaron Camaro walking around trying to figure <laughs> out what the fuck this guy is supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure they were like, that's the dude from The Death Wall Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they
1: weren't. <laughs> Especially at that point. Then we were, were brand new at that time. Big day. in Japan. Yeah. 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 We're big in uh, Qatar. Are. Yeah, <laughs>
3: after this, man, I'd like to be big in Japan. Yeah, well, I was going to say, uh, but
0: I just you have
1: some listeners in Japan. I know yeah. that for a fact.
0: Well, they'll, I'm sure they'll be screaming at me.
1: <laughs> you got
3: everything wrong,
0: everything,
1: you motherfucker.
3: Yeah. Everything is wrong, <laughs> except for your picks. The
0: picks the, were good. The music is good. The music's yeah.
1: good. All right, so what's next?
0: All right, so the next one is is the oddity of the bunch that I picked, and the reason I say that is it's an independent band they They had no major exposure to the Oricon charts or to they're an independent band. they're They're like a band that I would have been in or yeah. in. <laughs> you know we play shows, somebody might show up. Um, they're a band called Quaff, and the reason I know about them, they are the band that got me on this journey. okay um, so uh, I went to my band played uh, South by Southwest. Uh, I think it was the second year. We, we played a couple of years in a row at South by Southwest. We were really fortunate to get invited there a couple of times. And um, there's uh, there's this one place called the Elysium. They have something called Japan Night every year at South by Southwest. And they've been doing it for, I don't know, 10 or 15 years. And they bring over Japanese bands uh, and showcase them at this, at this one uh, venue. And you can get in, whether you have the risk, whether you've paid for the South by Southwest wristband or not, so I never did. Uh, we would just just play there. But I went to see uh, maybe the second year that we were there, I want to say 2008, 2009, uh, there was a band that was just promoting like you could not believe, walking through the streets every day, dressed in full visual K makeup and in costumes and they were walking down the streets with huge Japanese flags and they had boom boxes uh, blasting their music and they were just walking down sixth street all day long. I mean, wow. they were <laughs> pimping themselves like yeah. no other band I've ever seen. That's do it. And everybody was stopping because they looked so awesome, right? They, right. nobody looked like a visual K band at, at especially then yeah. in Austin. Um, and so this band was called quaff and Again, they're an independent band, but they they had some. I think they had some pretty decent exposure in the U.S. market. They toured the U.S. in 2008. Mm-hmm. They came back for this Japan night in 2009, I believe it was when I saw them, and they were the closing band on the night that I saw Japan night for the first time. And there were all these other great bands, mostly punk and some different styles of music. Uh, but Quaff was very much uh, a Visual K look but they had this traditional Japanese sound to them as well, which you'll hear in the song. So like the bass player played the a traditional Japanese flute as well. It's oh, really, wow. really weird. Like That's the drums and, like and everything Lester. was a little, more <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Like oh, Wicked okay. Lester. Yeah, not at all. Like Wicked. it's Lester. not supposed to come back to Wicked Lester. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. Um, but anyway, they, they were unique. They had a unique look. Uh, one, they had two singers. Uh, one guy was the operatic style, the mm-hmm. just very visual K. The other guy was a rapper. Okay. Okay. But it was a Japanese rapper, so it was different. It's like, it was cool (laughs) versus not, you know, I'm not a Lincoln Park fan. I think that guy's, I don't, uh, anyway. It was cool. And he wore a mask. And so he had this whole persona, kind of like a Gene Simmons, where he wore this mask. He looked kind of like a demon uh, character from Japan. And he had mm. this whole backstory and everything. And anyway, it was just different. You're and cool. making me
1: scared about this. Yeah. Background. No, this is cool, man. You're
0: going to dig this. But it, it does have a traditional Japanese sound in the bridge. Uh-huh. And so people may be like, oh, this is kind of weird. But. I just thought it was so cool. And this is what set me on the journey to to really discover this music and get more involved with it. Um, they put out three full-length LPs, four EPs, three singles, again, all independently released. You can find some of it on uh, iTunes, which is where I found it. And some of it, you have to go to CD Japan. But um, they, they broke up in 2011. Um, they called their music Samurai Rock, but I think it's very Visual K to me. You can still go to YouTube and find a lot on this band. Go to Quaff Japan on YouTube, and Quaff is uh, Q-U-A-F-F Japan on YouTube, and you can see a video from them at South by Southwest and other places. But I just think it's really cool. Again, it's it's personal to me because it really got me on this journey. So here's Quaff with Destiny 2000.
5: We're not enough. We need contact. I come in close. Don't kill do Break on, break on, break on
0: was quaff again it was it's more personal to me but hopefully people out there like it it's cool i
1: like that i would suggest a name change quaff just doesn't sound rocking
0: well they're not around anymore And, and when i was doing some research on what happened to them after i saw them i thought it was interesting um apparently the entire band split in 2010 i think and it was just the guitarist left he reformed the band with all new members and before they could put anything out he decided to quit. And get married.
3: Wow.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> Some married with another band. Another yeah.
3: thing that's crazy about that is if they're Quaff Japan, that means there's other bands in other countries also Coif. named Quaff. That's
1: just a terrible Well, so look opinion. up what
3: Kwaf means. It's interesting.
1: You're not going to just tell me? Okay. I'll just tell you something. <laughs> I'm too lazy to look it up right now. <laughs> is it like a hairstyle or I, something? I
0: think it has to do with uh, overeating or overdrinking and throwing up. Oh,
1: that's still not good. I mean, trying to but, be, but quaff, we're trying to out where the cool like, part yeah, comes. I,
3: in. I, think, I think I remember being younger and being behind somebody's house and making a lot of quaffing noises. Yeah, I've quaffed a lot, yeah. but,
1: but I wouldn't call it that. It's a terrible name. I'm just gonna go around the corner
3: and quaff real quick,
1: but I'll be right back. Be careful! The quaff army is gonna come back. <laughs>
0: I will say though those guys, man, they pimped, they pimped it at, at South by Southwest. They were they were very impressive at the time, and uh, like I said, they they were so good that they sent me on this whole path of trying to figure out what this whole thing is that's going on in Japan. So right on. Cool.
3: And while we were listening to that, you showed us a picture of the band, and I could just imagine them walking around in Texas and people being like, "What the hell?" Even at South
0: by Southwest, which you know is everything goes there, <laughs> but even there they were turning heads. Nice. That's cool.
1: All right. Well, so then your next pick um, I know means a lot to you because you're wearing a wristband with a name on it.
0: I am. Yeah. So this, this is another band. Uh, they're called Durin Gray. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. Um, they're, they're part of the second wave of Visual K as well. Um, they're from Osaka. So they have a little bit of a different spin, I think, on the music. Um, they were formed in 1997. Uh, they have released nine full lengths uh, they've all been in the top ten in the Oricon charts they have 26 live DVDs Wow! I would suggest picking up number they 13 they love their DVDs. The best. number 13 <laughs> <laughs> uh, three EPs oh, 29 singles I mean just an impressive output uh, from this band they're another one of these bands that uh, started off very much in the uh, sort of w- what I would say generic but not generic but more in the visual K standard look and feel and have since gone on to to kind of do their own thing. They're also very much an international band. I've actually seen this band in Atlanta. They opened for uh, apocalyptica.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, they've toured internationally extensively. The, the lead vocalist, uh, I think his name is Keo. Uh, I'm not sure if we pronouncing that right, but you'll see in this song and, and in every song, if you listen to Darren Gray, I don't know anybody who could ever reproduce this voice. Okay. It's it's almost um, it's a little. Some people may make a comparison to corn. A little bit of that, right. that oh, Jonathan, Jonathan Davis, Davis kind of yeah. you know craziness that he does. Stuff. But yeah. this guy goes from a howl to a croon, screaming to shrieking, growling to singing like an angel, all within the same song. Um, I kind of I kind of make the John Davis comparison, but also Mike Patton. I okay. think it's very Faith No More in a way, and I would say that the band has a they must have some kind of tie to faith no more because it kind of has that sound to it. Right. Um, they're another one of those bands that's kind of all over the place as Mm -hmm. far as what they're playing, but, um, they've made a big name for themselves. They've, they've played extensively internationally since 2005. Um, and I'd say they're the outside of X Japan. They're the biggest visual K band that's, that's touring all the time internationally. um, so, they they play South by Southwest. They played Rock M Ring, Family Values, Vakken, um, Download, the Hide Memorial Summit, Sonosphere with Maiden. Uh, you know, they, these guys have been out there. So, uh, yeah. people may be familiar with them. I chose a song called The Final. This is uh, off of a more recent EP, it came out in 2013. I chose this song. It's a little on the lighter side for them mm-hmm. because a lot of their stuff. You could sort of almost call it death metal, although I don't know that it is, but it's heavy, man. And they do a lot of the detune, downtune, kind of new metal, you know, really low B on the bass kind of stuff. Um, Really creepy sounding stuff. But this is a little bit lighter. The chorus is a little more uplifting. I just thought it might resonate more with with listeners of of Decibel Geek. But it also covers his. Just listen to these vocals, man. That's all I'm going to say.
1: Far out. It's a little different. Yeah, it's different for sure. It's a little progressive metal sounding to me on that song in particular. Yeah. yeah.
0: And like I said, I, p- I picked one that was a little on the lighter side for them. So if you delve just a little bit deeper into them, you'll hear some heavy shit. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that's cool, man. All right. So we got a couple more. What do you got next? A couple more. Um, so we're going to go back to this all female power metal trend that's been going on and this is the group that started it all uh this band is called Aldius, and they've actually had uh quite a bit of success uh in japan and they've had two different singers which Mm -hmm. is pretty impressive to to have a singer have some success and then that singer leave for medical reasons and they get another singer and they're just as powerful and they actually do better um i'm reminded of uh Dan Halen for some reason. Well, that's debatable.
4: I just wanted to stir the pot there. I just
0: wanted to stir the pot. Popularity goes anyway. Yeah, I was just trying to ruffle some Ian feathers there. (laughs) That'll do it. Uh, They did do better with
1: Hagar. Um, Oh, no, we're not starting. (laughs) There's a whole episode there.
0: Anyway, Uh so this this group, Aldius, they are badass. Uh, I don't know what else to say about them. They're from Osaka as well. Um, they started the movement, they've had six full length LPs, um, all in the top 20 on the Oricon charts, uh, two EPs, seven singles, five DVDs, um, since 2008, uh, the, I'm just going to go ahead and and say this and I want you to go to Google right now. If you're a dude, uh, the lead singer Reno is the most beautiful metal singer I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Hmm. I'm just saying that this, she is smoking hot. And is just a great singer, but I, I've never seen. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm married. Don't worry about it. Uh, I'm not creepy. All right. Uh, so they started off being a, a more traditional, like Mary's Blood, being more traditional um, metal looking. You know, wearing yeah. the black leather and stuff like that that you would traditionally put with this kind of music. And they've they've since uh, kind of evolved into this very Disney look. So, again, it's a little off-putting when you go to YouTube and look at them play these songs, playing maiden priest-esque kind of music in uh princess outfits wow so it's like it's like disney metal um which i believe is coming out soon right yes
1: yeah, so we talked about it recently <laughs> so this is real disney metal. Michael from it. loudness so it all comes around to japan <laughs> yeah.
0: but uh, this this song really rocks and i think it it really showcases the strength and the guitar work and like i said there's i think there could be a whole episode here of these types of groups and this is again the group that helped create this whole scene
3: I like that a lot. That's man. That girl's voice. It's, it's sultry and it's sexy. And I don't even need to know what she's saying. I like it exactly. And I failed to mention that the uh, the drummer in this band is
0: Terry Bazio's stepdaughter. So if you know Terry Bazio from Frank Zappa, Steve Vai, mm-hmm.
4: yeah.
0: uh, what twenty other artists? That he's yeah, a lot with. of people. Yeah. What was his his new wave band? Missing missing,
2: missing persons. persons. Yeah. Him and
0: Dale. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently uh this is his stepdaughter playing drums She's not the original drummer but she was the one on on that recording you just heard i believe and she's the current drummer so i can only imagine that she might have a few chops yeah Yeah. sounds like it
3: (laughs) trained at the feet of the masters oh man and apparently his son plays too so i think the the
0: bosio
1: family's it's uh there's a lot of good genes in that family for sure right on so we're down to uh the last one so we want to uh Thank you for coming on and obviously donating your money to the Rock and Pod Expo because yeah. uh, it needs it. And if you haven't donated yet, go to uh, GoFundMe.com slash Rock and Pod 2018. Or if you're actually going to come and get and you want a ticket to get in, go to um, rockandpod.eventbrite.com and uh, get your general admission or your early bird admission because it most likely will sell out. And uh, a lot of great stuff going on with that. But thank you again for your support of Decibel Geek and for the Expo.
0: Yeah man and I just you know I wanted to say that I don't how long have I been listening to you guys? You've been listening <laughs> for a long, long time. It's yeah. five, five, 5 years, years yeah. And, and I think I reached out to you pretty early on as a listener. I, I I know that I was first exposed to you Chris on podcast. Okay. And it was one of those round table yeah discussions on podcast and um because I at that point on as far as podcasts, I was just listening to Kiss podcast, right. whatever I could find. I was you know just early into it, and you were on one of the podcast ones, and just from what you were saying and what you were saying about Decibel Geek on that podcast. I went, Oh, I'm going to check that one out. Oh, good. I, but, I did my job. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I thought it was cool because at that point I was only listening to Kiss stuff yeah. and I thought, Oh, well they're doing more than just Kiss, you know, but it's kind of has a, has a kiss. Slant yeah, to it's right. fine. Yeah. So, Discuss. and then, you know, when I heard you two together, I'm like, Oh, these guys are awesome. You know, they are really good at what they do. So, you know, thank you guys for what you do every week. I mean, this took me, a lot of work just to put together
3: <laughs> now you know
0: it's and not now as, easy I know as it sounds what every goes weekend. into it i never thought it was easy and uh you know and through through you i met joe polo yeah and, yeah and i've made a lot of, of friends in the podcast community just through you guys uh, right. that's um, what it's about and uh you know and you guys have always been so cool and uh you even played the swear on an early episode yes we did yeah. Yeah. and uh you know it's just so cool man and i i really appreciate that and um just the whole podcast community in general. Everybody is just so cool. I I went to the Rock and Pod last year, and my buddy and I showed up early at the the hotel, and Ken Mills and some other folks were sitting in the lobby, hanging yeah. out. And uh, <laughs> Ken goes, because I think we were we were just wearing normal what we wear to go out. Yeah. You know, in, in in chains and whatnot, and normal heavy metal gear that I wear. And uh, Ken goes. Are you guys in a podcast? And we, I said no. I'm just you know just a fan. I'm just here hanging out with all you guys. He's like, yeah, you look too cool. I didn't think you were in a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he,
3: looks just, <laughs> he looks just rock and roll <laughs> enough. But yeah, it's yeah,
0: just yeah. that you know it, it's just that sort of thing, man. Like all oh, you guys are so badass and cool, and uh, you know just coming from a guy who's always played in bands, and uh, my exposure to radio was was never positive. Yeah, but my exposure to podcast has been nothing but positive.
1: Oh, cool. So right on. I
0: okay. just you know, I just wanna thank you for what you do.
1: Oh, we're happy to do it and that the friendships we've made has been the best part of doing the show. I mean, Absolutely. It's, it's uh you know, we've done it for seven years. We've made a lot of friends through it, through other podcasts and through listeners and yeah, to get somebody that listens to the show to come out and, and hang out with us and talk it yeah, we're more than happy to do that.
3: Yeah.
0: That's just what's so cool. It's a community, which is what I think is really cool.
3: Right. And everybody out there listening, you know, we've had a lot of fun here today, and we've learned a lot, and this has been amazing, but you too can come on the Decibel Geek Podcast with us and do just like what Kevin's doing. Maybe not as well, because this went really great tonight, but, you know, come on, give it a shot. You got a subject you want to talk about? You think there's something maybe over the past seven years we've missed? Yeah, we haven't done a whole lot of talking about Japanese hard rock and metal, but today we're covering it. Maybe you can help us do something that we haven't thought of doing on our own, or even better, do like Kevin's doing and come on the show and help us do it. That's right, all while helping out the Rock and Pot Expo.
1: Yeah, please, it's great,
3: do. absolutely. Maybe you know someone from Japan will you know come
0: on and say. You got it all wrong. Yeah, come on in and correct all the Kevin's Let's do another episode where I (laughs) point you in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's fine. More than (laughs) fine. All right. Well, we got one more to go. And uh, what what are you going to take us out with? Uh, Before we get into that, I'd just like to say this. Like I
3: said earlier, I didn't know if I was going to like any of this stuff. But every single song you've played so far today, blistering guitar solos in Mm -hmm. all of it. Like Mm -hmm. in a lot of the guitar solos I hear – the ace freely in it you know and it it comes back to when Kiss played at the Budokan back in 77 how important that was to Japan and how it almost basically created this whole thing that we're talking about here today and that blows me away and it's awesome i i love the music i love a lot of the singing i definitely love the guitar playing this has been an eye-opening experience yeah. for me for sure awesome and that's what i hope i hope that that people are like are like me and hear
0: something – because I'm always looking for new bands. Yeah. And I never thought to go outside of what I knew, yeah. right? So you try to get new bands within y- your, your territory or wherever you live or, you know, from L.A. or New York. But to go really outside and go to Japan – to hear all these new bands, and then realize that there are so many that this is even this is even the tip of the iceberg, man. Yeah. there are so many bands in Japan, it, and it, like you said, it's not a big country when you think of it in, relative to the states. But man, there are so many bands, and they're so good. Um, I just I have the utmost respect for Japanese bands. They're amazing musicians, and you
3: know what? I have a lot of respect for the Japanese people too, the listeners, the the rock and rollers, because they never stopped you know here in the states we know as a whole kind of flaky you know look at a band like ugly kid joe that won't even come play in the states anymore but they're playing everywhere else they're playing japan they're playing europe they're playing everywhere they don't come to the states japanese people man they held on to the hard rock and the metal they never let it go and for that i'm super proud of them agreed so the last band we're
0: gonna hear is a band that i heard on talk is jericho on another podcast and I heard it from Marty Friedman. I'm a big Marty Friedman fan. Yeah. I love Cacophony uh, back in the day mm, when he was me in Megadeth. Too. Loved it. Yes, you know, The best Megadeth albums, in my opinion, were with Marty Friedman. Um, great guitarist. And he moved to Japan. Uh, he toured, obviously toured with Megadeth in Japan several times. And I guess whenever he quit that band or whatever the reason was he left the band, he decided to move to Japan. And he's been a kind of a pop artist, he's been kind of a a bit of an icon in Japan since he's been there and so when Jericho was interviewing him, uh, he said, what are the bands that you're listening to, who do you think we should listen to, and he said, Maximum the Hormone Mm -hmm. he said, go listen to that band and I did and crazy ass band the biggest comparison that I'll make is System of a Down it's kind of like the Japanese System of a Down but it goes beyond that I also can make a connection to faith no more so here's another connection to the kind of that out there it's metal, but it's not metal it's got some punk aspects to it it's it 's got funk the guy that plays bass he plays really like flea type slap bass you know so it it goes it runs the gamut and they're they're known for their goofiness so if you go on YouTube and look up maximum the hormone, you'll find all sorts of little Features with them where they're just kind of being goofy and silly and, and they're really funny. They're really yeah. really funny guys, but their music can be hardcore, heavy stuff. Right. So it kind of balances out their goofiness with this whole heavy thing that they're doing. Um, and I, I showed you guys this is one of their albums. Yeah, yeah we're yeah, talking about this um, this crazy looking thing, which, is, which is based on. So this is uh, the song that we're about to play is called Benio Sandal Dance. The, the guitarist in this band—it's a—it's a brother-sister duo. Uh, the guitarist and the drummer are brother-sister, and the guitarist—he—he he wears bath sandals. So I guess in Japan, when you go into a bathhouse,
1: because
0: uh-huh. uh, they have these like public bathhouses where they go bathe, mm-hmm. uh, they wear these sandals. Well, he wears them all the time, and he wears them on stage, and looks kind of goofy. Hey, you, you can know? get athletes put anywhere. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but that's what he wears. So they have this whole song called "The Sandal Dance," which means bathroom sandal dance but it's off this album uh called Yoshu Fukushu which came out in 2013 this is a number 1 album and what it's, I'm holding and what I'm showing the guys it's a really bizarre album cover yeah. Is is a and all of their <laughs> all of their album car, covers are like really just
3: out there.
0: I'll just uh, say
1: inappropriate. Inappropriate, yeah. Looks yeah.
3: like a giant Sasquatch standing over a city showing the butt, his
1: bunghole. Exactly. Showing his
3: bunghole.
0: Pretty much. <laughs> and this is the second album that shows a bunghole for them. So I don't know what their it's fascination theme. is with So it's farting, a
3: series of albums. It's a series. But, but this thing, it's, it's a book. It's, you know? This is a
0: 156-page manga. So this is, a, this is a Japanese manga that is their album. Uh, and this is a number one album. That means that everybody in Japan that made this number one bought this whole thing, yeah. which
3: couldn't have been cheap. No, because it's
0: no, awesome it, it, The
1: packaging is incredible. That's what I said. Imagine
3: back in the day if Kiss would have come out with something like this, where it's like a comic book inside of a, a CD, you know, you get the CD with it. I mean, you guys kind of got to see it to really c- to appreciate what packaging. it is. It's yeah. super impressive. Like, if my favorite band came out with something like that, I'd be all about it. Yeah. You know, it might be a little more expensive. I could do without the graphic Sasquatch footage on the front. <laughs> yeah, the but, front cover is just brilliant. But other than that, I mean, it's, that, it's, it's awesome. got a, a whole big, great big book with it. I mean, it's it's really awesome I mean, it, packaging. And the artwork inside, is it's impressive.
0: Man. Yeah, this and there's is really varied
1: good. artwork, different different artists, and all kinds of cool stuff.
0: Really cool. And I think that's another key thing that, that sets Japan apart from the rest of the world is is they're really – into their packaging and, and they put a lot of effort into the look and feel of the product they're giving their, their fans,
3: yeah. you know, um, and their fans buy it. Right. another difference. Right. You're right. Sure. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, maybe if we were getting offered more cool stuff like this, maybe we'd buy more CDs. And here. there were, there were yeah. probably
0: four different versions of this, you know, yeah. and I bet, I bet the fans bought every single version. It's just, you know, it's kind of how they do it. You made yeah. sure to get the version with the Yeti balls on it. Of course I did.
4: <laughs> of
0: course I did.
1: You pay extra for the balls.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep. And it, again, that was the number one album. They've had uh, four full links, which is not not a whole lot. They've been around since... Uh, the 90s They've not had as much output as, as some of the other bands That we've talked about And part of the reason is the lady that drums for them She's taken a couple of breaks during their career To have babies okay. And they, they actually physically They'll just take three years off or whatever it is For yeah. her to do her family thing
4: mm-hmm.
0: And uh, so that's why they don't have as many albums But they've played Knotfest Slipknot had them yeah, on yeah. fest. They've played in the US and Canada Opening for the Dropkick Murphys So they kind of have that punk tie as well They've played Hellfest, you know, so they're they're internationally known as well. Like I said, they've had number one album. Great band, very odd. I think it's a great way to go out just by being completely Japanese and
1: off the wall. Right on. So this is Maximum the Hormone. Kevin, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, man. Thank you. See you next week.